When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Welcome to Tokyo Bound. SEN is the official radio broadcaster of the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. in second place. So it's going to come down to Averts and Nunn, and Sabina Averts is going to go wire to wire to win it, with Nunn finishing very close behind in second position. Cindy Griner winds up third in this race, and Jackie Joyner, it appears, has lost her chance for the gold medal by finishing that far behind. And as it turns out, Nunn running fast enough to beat Joyner by about three seconds in their head-to-head duel, and that gives her the victory overall. 6,390 points for none. Joyner winds up second overall with 63.85, and Avers is third, 63.63. So very, very close competition, Jane, as it turns out. And it has to be a very bittersweet moment for Joyner getting the silver but coming that close to winning the gold. Oh, yes, I'm sure that for a long time, the long jump, those two fouls that she had, having to go only for a safe jump in her strongest event is going to haunt her. But I have to say, this is so far the biggest upset in track and field in this Olympic Games is this win by Glennis Nunn. She had seven personal bests in each event. There we go. That is a moment in Australian Olympic history where Glennis Nunn Claimed the gold medal, finishing second in the 800 metres. Needed to win by at least two seconds to claim gold. And have you ever heard two commentators more disappointed <laughs> with one of their own not getting a gold medal? Glennis Nunn, uh, thank you for joining us on Tokyo Bound, part of the Sporting Capital on SEN. How are you? I'm good, thanks. What what kind of memories? It just does... makes me it, it makes me laugh <laughs> <laughs> because Jane because I competed against Jane Frederick who is the one that's commentating and I didn't do seven PB so it just makes me laugh that you know they say oh yeah she's come out of nowhere to do seven PBs and you know taking the win away from our Jackie Joyner. Uh, I, I I was listening to that earlier today, and I said I have to play that because I, as a as a commentator myself, I don't know if I've ever let my own personal predilection <laughs> or my own personal uh, hopes come in to a call. Nothing like that. I wouldn't have thought they had the jam taken completely out of their donuts as the American commentators, <laughs> hoping for Jackie Joyner to get that win. Yeah, well, I I mean, it was really, Jane would have been in mixed, had mixed feelings at any rate, because she would have been disappointed because she wasn't competing herself. Yeah. So, I mean, that would have been tough for her. But, um, yeah, I just, I just, it just makes me laugh to, to know. And, and to know later on, when I'd spoken to Jackie, like years afterwards, 
she said that I was her worst nightmare and she had picked me out of everyone in the field to um, be the one to beat. Is that right? Which I would, ne- I would never have done. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, Glennis Nunn, OAM, um, winner of the gold medal at the 1984 Los Angeles Games in the heptathlon. The heptathlon for women had only been introduced uh, in the 80s. It was its first appearance at the Olympics, and you claimed the first ever gold medal in it. How does that sit with you all these years on, and what does it feel, and how do you feel hearing back of that moment? Well, as I said, I think, I mean, really it makes me laugh because, you know, I, even though I would never have picked myself to win, I still thought that I was in there with a shot. (laughs) So, but, you know, it's, it's really a dream. It's something that an athlete always dreams of is to go to the Olympic Games and, and to come away with a medal. And obviously, if you come away with a gold, that's your ultimate dream. That's pie in the sky stuff. So I was very, very lucky. And it's something that um, no one can ever take away from you. Absolutely not. So 100-metre hurdles, high jump, shot put, 200-metre sprint, long jump, javelin, 800 metres. It came down to the 800 metres where you had to beat Jackie Joyner who clearly was the home favourite, uh, by more than two seconds. When did you, when did you know that you, you had this and when did you start to feel during the events that, geez, I'm, I might be at least podiuming, podiuming, <laughs> podiuming, podiuming. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, I actually thought that I had a shot when Jackie messed up her long jump. So, I mean, you always, you, you try and put pressure on, on other on other people by by coming out and doing a good event yourself and both Sabine and I uh, long jumped quite well and so that put pressure on Jackie and she fell twice so you know ultimately she had one jump to get in so um, that was was her undoing I would imagine um, so you know she, it it was difficult and going into the 800 I um, I knew what the equation was I had to be within two and a half seconds of Sabine and then try and be two and a half seconds ahead of Jackie. So that was what it was. And really, I never knew the result until Jane Fredericks came down from that ABC uh, commentating position and she called me over and she said, you've got it by five because both Jackie and I thought she had it. Oh, now, see, this is fascinating because... You had to, there was a twenty minute wait, wasn't there, between oh, yeah. finishing and that terrible. moment? What was that was twenty like minutes a, like? Oh, it was terrible because you know I we were all wandering around, not knowing what had happened, and Jack had looked to me because I'd crossed Sabine crossed the line, and I counted one and two and and I thought, okay, well I've got Sabine, and then I swung around and I counted one and two and and I went, oh shit, <laughs> and I sort of figured. I just thought, oh, I, I've, I haven't, I haven't got enough. And uh, Jackie came up to me because you tend to get, you know, chatty with them. And mm. so Jackie came up to me and she said, what do you think? And I said, I think you got it. She said, yes, am I? Because oh. <laughs> I'm swearing and cursing under my breath. But, um, and then sort of it went on and I, Jane came down and she called me over and that was when I knew. So, yeah, it was quite some time. So when when you went into that last race, what for you in the heptathlon, seven events, what, what, what to you was your strongest discipline? Well, I hated the 800. So that <laughs> Not was, anymore. That was, well, I did. I still do. Oh. <laughs> it was always, 
you know, I even went to a hypnotherapist because I had a thing about going past the finishing line and having to run another lap. So it was wow. just a, a psychological thing. And I, How and did you the, work the, on that? What did they? What did you well, do? No, well, the hypnotherapist couldn't put me under, and I just went, you know, I'm just going to have to run it. So I just ran it, and it, I knew I had, it was the event that you love to hate because it was the last event, and it was an 800, and it was awful, and it hurt because it was the last event. But yeah, I, I just you just had to run it, and I was lucky, you know, both in. 82 in Brisbane in the Commonwealth Games and in LA. The 800 was the event that won it both for me, really. So, you know, I, I had strong events. My pet events were hurdles and long jump because I competed individually in both the games in them as well. But, um, yeah, I was. it was just one of those things. That it all came together for me. What are, your, what are your memories overall of, of those Olympics? Because I, I was actually speaking to Phil Smythe about this last week, uh, Australian basketball legend, and he spoke about that, that in 80, obviously in Moscow, there was tension because America pulled out and everything that was happening there. And then the reverse in 84, with, where Russia didn't go because of what was yeah. happening in Cold War. Was that looming large over the games or was it largely, you know, outside of the, the arena, so to speak, and, and it didn't really register or was it something that was felt? Well, yeah, we did feel it. It did register. But then, you know, we competed in the uh, World Championships in 83. And, um, you know, the Russians, um, there were a couple of of Russians that, you know, that had done quite well. But then it all came out, you know, about the drugs and drugs and uh, Russians were implicated. And and so really in 84, um, even though afterwards there were implications that there were many more athletes and Americans and so forth implicated in drug taking. Um, it was just one of those things. We thought, okay, well, it's going to be a clean, a cleaner Olympics. More with Glenis Nunn coming up just after this. Olympic gold medalist on Tokyo Bound, part of the sporting capital on SEN. Stop the and we'll You're listening to Tokyo Bound. SEN is the official radio broadcaster of the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. Well, thanks to AP, the go-to insurance for retirees. We're speaking to Glynis Nunn, gold medalist in the 1984 Olympics in the heptathlon. And when you when you look back now and 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 think about what the heptathlon was then, and and to then we're going to see a couple of our athletes. Unfortunately, none, no women, as far as I'm aware, that have qualified to go. But no. but two of the blokes uh, have qualified. Uh, to go, and I've written their names down here, so I make sure that I uh, I get yeah, them. Yeah, so right. Ash- Ashley Marnie and and uh, Cedric Dubler. Thank you, because where I wrote them down, I actually can't <laughs> find. So I appreciate that. Oh, where where has that gone? I must have brought up the wrong bit, uh, wrong bit of paper. Um, what what are what what do you what? How do you feel? Do you do you still do you feel for? Do you have an involvement with them? Have you? Um, Look, I know they, you're still um, heavily involved coach- in athletics. Yeah, they are coached by Eric Brown in Brisbane, and Eric's a wonderful coach. He has coached uh, numerous multi-events. Uh, he, he's been coaching Cedric for, for many, many years, and Ashley Marnie is the brightest talent um, that Australia has in the multi-events. He's just amazing. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of, of Ash and um, what he's capable of doing in the future. But, um, yeah, he, you know, you never look in a multi-event, you never know. 
uh, someone can make a mistake, particularly in decathlon, you can no height in the pole vault and then you're gone. It's, um, it's all down to, you know, how you go in, in 10 different events and um, every event leads on to the next and, and it's how you put it together that uh, ultimately uh, is, tells what the athletes are all about. What, what is it about these uh, two that you, you think is, is so special? Like, uh, what, what, what do you see when you look at them in the way that they go about it? Well, they're both totally different athletes. Cedric, very confident, um, is a master of, of what he's done for many, many years. Ashley is the new boy on the block. Uh, he won World Juniors. And he's uh, just a, a real talent. So he's still developing in, a, in a, a lot of the events. And, you know, you just don't know what he's doing. He's very fast. He can run a damn good 400, which is the last event on, on the first day. And he starts with a, a really good event, which is 100. So, you know, he starts and finishes the first day on on speed events. And uh, if he can put it together, you never know what he's going to do. The guys will only do the decathlon, and I think they—they're not going to be doing any other individual events. So uh, they're only in the decaf. I think that's enough for them in an Olympic Games. But <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that, and you know, just just recently, uh, actually, uh, uh, on the weekend, uh, we had two more athletes, uh, one from Queensland and one from New South Wales, who scored 8,000 so you know to have four athletes in Australia who scored over 8,000 points that's um unheard of now given as you given that obviously decathlon for the blokes and heptathlon for for women and we don't have any representatives is that a concern for you is, is that do you, no, I don't do you think does it so. sadden you um, a little bit look it, it always goes through um some sort of a, a rotation, uh, you know, events go around and sometimes you have events where you're very strong. You know, at the moment in the women, we've got some um, great javelin throwers uh, and we should do really quite well. Uh, Australia's very, very strong in the walks too, for example. So, you know, we've got, um, we've got people that are going to do really well. And the high jump, women's high jump is amazing. You know, you've got Nicola McDermott and Eleanor Patterson who... Uh, Nicola jumped two metres first, Australian to jump two metres, and now they're both, you know, backing it up with 198, 196 jumps. And if they can do that in the Olympics, they're in for the medal. Who knows? You're still heavily involved, uh, Director of Gold Coast Academy of Sport, uh, Executive Director for the Australian Track and Field Coaches Association. You're involved with the next generation coming through. Uh, so it's just wonderful to have your experience and, and your passion still involved in athletics. Can I... Can I ask you what what still motivates you? What is it that still says I just I want to be involved? I, I, I have to get my hands in and and, and help. Well, you know, I've, I coach. A, I've got a squad of athletes that I coach. Um, I I um, I've actually uh, got two athletes. So at the the recent national championships, I had um, the girl that won the the open heptathlon, and I had the girl that won the under twenty heptathlon. So, you know, I was pretty lucky to have to have coached both of those girls um, to my event. So uh, again, the, the the young girl who's under twenty, she's only just turned. Well, she'll be turning eighteen very soon, but she's got another year and a half in that age group. So, you know, we're we're looking for her to do really quite well in the future. Uh, That's why I'm still in the sport, and it's just so exciting. Speaking to Glenis Nunn, as part of Tokyo Bound on the sporting capital, 
Um, Glennis, last year was a massive year for you. In a, in a lot of ways, you were made a legend of the Queensland uh, Sport Hall of Fame, but you also had uh, a health scare that I don't imagine you were ever predicting that you would come across, given how healthy and active uh, you still are in, in your life. Um, how, and in what was already a tough year through COVID and things like that, how did you manage? Yeah, I was, look, to tell you the truth, I was probably lucky that COVID hit because um, it let me... Uh, slow down because uh, who would have thought that I would have had multiple blood clots on my lungs? So it was it just came out of the blue. We still don't know why it happened, and I'm just awfully lucky that I've got a couple of guardian angels up there looking after me that I'm still walking the earth. So yeah, I'm I'm lucky. Uh, I can't put it down to to any more than that. And then later in the year to be made a legend that was just um, was icing on the cake. It it um, topped the year off nicely after finishing because I had the blood clots at the end of January so I had um, you know some really hard months when it uh, it hit me how serious it was and that I nearly did die and um, it was yeah it was tough. Oh, I, I can't even imagine uh, it's um, it's just an incredible shock I would have thought given and the doctors from what I've read were just as surprised because of how healthy and active that you are have you changed anything about your lifestyle or are you still doing the same things that you were to stay fit and to stay well I've you know I've um I uh, my heart and lungs were what kept me alive so I sort of figure I've got to look after them yeah I've got a, a few heart issues now because of the clots that I had because they put pressure on my heart so I've got, you know, stretched valves. But there's a lot of people that, that have that issue and they continue on with um, long, healthy lives. And so I'm just um, just gradually, I, I poke along doing a bit of a run a few times a week and just stay active on my farm. So, yeah, I, I you know, it's I'm, I'm just me and I'm, I'm living life the way that I would normally live it. So, yeah. And amazing that it came I'm about. I'm obviously here. I'm sorry, I'm obviously here to do something else. Absolutely. And <laughs> it's amazing that it came about because you had pain in your calf. So it's just another great reminder for people to go and get little things checked because little things can sometimes oh. be big things. Um, yes, yeah. I had I had a, a pain in my calf for, mm. for a couple of weeks and I had one of the parents of um, actually the young heptathlete that I coach. She said, Glennis, go and get it checked. Go and get it checked. And ultimately, you know, two weeks later, I went to the doctor and they had a scan and nothing showed up. And then three days later, I was in hospital. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I just thought it was a bit of a pulled muscle and didn't think much of it. And as an athlete, you know, with a, a high pain threshold, you just sort of push through it. And, you know, I'm tough. Like You, you think that you're bulletproof, but you're not. Funny uh, thing that. To finish up, and thank you for sharing with that, by the way. Um, really appreciate it because it is such a, a, a great reminder to us all to not take those kind of things for granted. Um, it's interesting, and I'm going to make a, a link here, but you'll think, where is he going with this? We're hearing a lot of talk today about the fact that Ben Simmons, after now becoming public enemy number one and copping all the blame for the Philadelphia 76ers being knocked out of the NBA finals in the US, that he may or may not pull out uh, of the Olympics. If you were to... If you were to bump into Ben Simmons at an airport or somewhere and he was still toying with that decision, what would, and he said, what do you think? Why should I go to the Olympics? What would you say to an athlete who was in that situation and, and wondering because should they or shouldn't they go? Sorry, different. Every competition is different. 
You know, you, you might have a bad competition one day and then the next day that you compete, it will be an absolute ripper. And it's the same with the Olympics. Um, on an Olympic day, on an event of for an event, one person might win, but you hold the same event a week later and another person might win. So you never know what's going to happen. So you take every opportunity and you just run with it. And I think Australia needs him. Do your memories all centre around the gold medal or is there so much more to it than just than just winning and losing? Look, there's so much more to it. The Olympic Games is something really special. I don't know what Tokyo is going to be like. I can't even imagine what Tokyo is going to be like. It's such a different world. Um, you know, I have... You, you spoke about Phil Smythe before. You know, Phil and I go back many, many years and... Uh, Actually, he's coming up here to the Gold Coast to do a basketball clinic for me for the for the academy. <laughs> he's a good man. He's <laughs> a know, good man. He, he absolutely is. So, you know, there's some wonderful people that you meet through the Olympic movement, through other sports, and I'm you never really understand, I think, until you sit down and and go, okay, well, sport has given me this and this and this and this. It's you know, friendship, travel the world, experiences given me that excitement factor that you want to continue in the sport you know all those things it's just it's an amazing opportunity and I'm just lucky that I found that little niche that was my little pocket that I excelled in and everyone has to find that well we're very lucky because you uh, have done Australia proud and continue to do athletics and sport in this country proud and we're very grateful to you thanks so much for chatting to us on Tokyo Bound on the sporting capital my pleasure thank you Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91